Hey there, friends. It's like 8.30 p.m. Tuesday, and like, to be honest, I don't really have any happy things to say. I, I've just kind of been feeling in the dumps a little bit, just feeling um, that void, you know, that I talk about is back. And I feel really empty inside, but I also recognize it as a symptom of my addiction, so I'm just trying not to act upon it, which is what I would have done. But I know better now, so I'm going to refrain from doing behaviors that lead to dangerous consequences because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, and so if I were to do the same things that I usually do when I feel this way, then it doesn't lead to good consequences. So, Tuesdays are always a sobering day for me because I have therapy and then I have group and I'm just reminded how fucked up I am. And, oh, it just, like, it's, <clears throat> it's validating because I just, I feel like most of my waking life is spent around people who aren't mentally ill or who aren't addicts. I mean, they might be, but the majority aren't. And part of why I really like working in special ed is because I think I understand that for my students, a lot of what they do and their behaviors, it's not something they're choosing to do consciously. You know, like if they could behave the way that society wanted them to, they would, because we all want to feel like we belong. But, like, sometimes you can't. And and that's the kind of shit that I have to deal with is realizing, hey, you know, on the outside, you might, I might do a good job of making it look like I have it together. But um, it just takes so much energy to maintain this image that I have shit together because I definitely don't. I definitely am just confused a lot of the times, and I don't know. And I just, like, try to fill this void inside, which, okay, when I talk about this void, I have felt this void ever since I was, like, three or four. Like, this was back when I was still in Korea. And I remember being a toddler and just sitting there and feeling this, like, deep intense emptiness and since then I feel it like all the time and I know that's I know that's probably like kind of sad or maybe a little pathetic but maybe that's also why I have this whole I don't want to say image because I do feel like there are parts of me that's happy-go-lucky and that's like positive and stuff like I am an optimist but then there's this other side of me that's just like what it is it's just constantly trying to escape the pain of that emotional void but because I'm on this whole journey of like mindfulness and trying to be more authentic yada 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 like I'm, I'm obviously gonna hit low points and I'm kind of I'm just like at a low point right now it's not a big deal it's fine I mean I'll get through it you just have that's a thing you just have to get through it and in the in these moments of like sadness or you know depression or whatever 
um, I just have to be really careful not to behave in ways that will have long lasting consequences. And I think that's one of the harder things about having a mood disorder is you do things in real life that is not controlled by you necessarily. And the things that you do have very real consequences. You, you lose your job, you burn bridges with people, you know, you lose out on relationships. Like there is so much in jeopardy. And like, I don't know, like I feel like I've already lost everything. Like I lost my family, I lost my friends, I lost myself. I lost my job, you know, I lost a lot of, like, I lost everything that had to be lost at some point or another. And maybe that, like, maybe there's more that I'll lose. Who, who the fuck knows? But what it did help me with is gain a new fi- newfound gratitude for what I do have and... I lost my main point that I was going with. Also, just that everything's temporary, you know? And, like, everything's temporary. And we suffer because we try and hang on to the past. And if we're not doing that, then we're super anxious because we're worried about the future. And if you want to find peace, you have to find peace in the present moment. And so for me, finding peace in the present moment is being like, wow, I feel really fucking sad and empty inside. And that's like, that's legit the healthiest thing I could do for myself. So I, if I didn't have bipolar, if I didn't have this like addiction issue, well, actually, I think if I didn't have bipolar, then I really wouldn't feel so inclined to take better care of myself. Um, but if I don't take good care of myself, then I'm gonna have to end up in my parents' house again. And it's just gonna be really, I just don't, like I'm, I just don't want to do that again. You know, it's, it's embarrassing every single time. It's like, ooh, I failed again and I just have a hard time taking care of myself. I don't know, at the end of the day, that's my problem is I don't know how to take care of myself very well, but I'm trying. It's just, it just takes up a lot of my time and my energy. It's okay. I think it's like, I have to find excitement in the small things. So let's say, I want to get a car wash on Thursday, then I'm, I'll look forward to that car wash. In fact, I'll write it down in my pet planner. And tomorrow, I'm planning to skate and get some dessert. So I hope that happens. And I just have to like fill up all these pockets of time <laughs> so that I don't reach out to somebody and like be like, hey, make me feel like I'm not dead inside and like so alone and I was telling my therapist this I was just like I just feel like I'm dealing with a lot of existential dread and she's like I don't want to talk about that today but I am I do have a background in existential therapy and I was just like holy shit I love my therapist she's she's great and 
She makes me feel really good about myself. Um, and something that she's been making me feel really good about is my perseverance and how I just, I like to get to things quickly. Like if I know there is there, that there's a problem, if there's a problem, I wanna get to it. I wanna get to the root of it and I wanna take care of it. I don't wanna waste any time. I don't wanna beat around the bushes. I don't wanna sugarcoat it. I just wanna fucking go for it. And I be, I'm becoming more comfortable that that's the kind of person I am, more blunt and more straightforward because I know they don't, um, people don't really expect women, and especially women who look like me, to behave in that manner. But who the fuck cares about what other people think? You can act however way you want. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I always feel better after talking. It's really good therapy. And I've been, you know, other than feeling feeling this way sucks but I've actually been doing a pretty okay job of keeping you know keeping shit together sometimes it's just reading sometimes it's just watching Netflix I feel like watching Netflix is less harmful to me than trying to get my my fix yesterday I was volunteering at a kitchen and there was kind of like this guy who was cute but he kind of looked older I don't know and you know I couldn't really see his face he was wearing a mask but he made a point to come up to me and talk to me and I just like thought I just like thought way too into it and that's you know I'm just like constantly writing I'm just like oh you you're an addict hmm. and it's feeling like I've ran up hills and this is a mountain like trying to conquer this addiction is going to be absolutely insane for me. This is the one thing I don't know if I have full confidence in. I'm, I'm so scared of fucking up, but there's really just no option for me at this point because I already know if I get into something right now, it's just gonna end the way it's been ending. For me, it is not a problem of supply. I have a lot of supply it's just that it's not good for me. It's like you have a lot of cocaine, right? It's not, you don't have a drug problem because you can't find cocaine. You have a drug problem because there's too much cocaine and you can't stop yourself from doing cocaine. And I've never done cocaine, but the brain of addicts work the same and for me, it's always these voices in the back of my head. It's like, oh, you can text him and that's no problem. You know, that won't lead to anything. And it's like, yeah, it will because you're a manipulative bitch and you know exactly what you're doing. And I'm just trying, if I'm being really honest with myself and trying to be an actual good person, then the kindest thing that I could do is just stay the fuck away from men and not reach out to them and not talk to them and not respond to them that is the best thing i can do like everything else is just not i'm just not ready for that yet like i can't go there and that's sad but it's it is what it is and 
I'm coming to terms with it. It's hard. It's hard because I get so lonely. But what are you going to do? You know, when you're lonely, you have to entertain yourself. And I'm, I had to entertain myself a lot um, before my brother was born. Just being raised by my grandma and everything. And when my brother was growing up, I would constantly come up with things to play. Like he had a he had a fucking awesome childhood because of me. I just want to say I am a pretty aside from like the few years in high school where it went a little crazy. I've been a pretty good sister. And I think if I had a sister, maybe I would feel a little less lonely, but who knows? Sometimes sisters don't like each other. It really depends. So, I don't know. But it kind of feels like I'm, an, I'm, I'm like, I'm obviously not an only child. Like, I have a brother, but because we're just, just like, not close anymore, it kind of feels like I'm an only child, and my parents still kind of treat me like a child. And on the one hand, I get it, because I've just made so many irresponsible decisions in the past, and I'm... I'm like pretty, you know, mentally unstable sometimes. So I understand their concern. And I'm realizing that freedom for me isn't always gonna look like what freedom looks like for other people. And that's really hard to accept. It's really hard for me to accept that I can't indulge in everything that most normal people can because I, there's some, you know, because there, it's just going to affect me in a much more damaging way than it affects other people. And that sucks <laughs> to know you can't 100% be in the fun. That's why I like this, this new serving job, though. It kind of feels like I can live vicariously through the people who come in. I guess it's a little sad, but it's all right. I'm dealing with it. Um, I think being becoming more distant from people or like creating these new healthy boundaries these days for me is... Uh, is, is helping me in terms of creativity and an overall sense of sacredness in a relationship with myself and creating this relationship with myself. And I feel like it comes out in how I'm able to express myself more authentically to others because it's not so one-on-one. -on -one. Like, I feel like I do a much better job expressing myself when I don't have to see the other person. So like this right now, there's something that makes me really uncomfortable about talking about feelings when a person's actually there. And you could say it's a Gemini thing. I, I mean, there's so many factors involved, but talking about feelings with another person, like with an actual other person, is very, very scary. 
especially if I know I'm not in power and I'm not in control. So I don't know if I've ever if I've ever dealt with true intimacy. I think what I mistook as intimacy was just a lot of um, like chaos. I have always associated chaos and intensity with love and lust. And obviously that doesn't go well together. That's not how you want to feel when you're with somebody. You don't want to feel out of control. Um, and I, it's just like, I just have to realize I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet at a point where I can be in a healthy relationship with someone. I thought I could, but, you know, for that relationship, I was just suppressing so many parts of myself and I felt very suffocated and I'm, I'm really coming into my own these days. I'm a very strong woman and I'm an expressive woman. I know what I want. I know what I'm about. I know what I've gone through. I know what I'm capable of. And, and so I think that part of me is very attractive to others. And the fact that I'm authentic. I know people really like that. But because this is, you know, everything has its opposite. Um, like, I feel like a lot of the guys that I date aren't, like, I want them to be more dominant than me. But I'm not ready to have someone dominate me like that. So that's how I know I'm not ready. And because I'm authentic is, it's like, when I no longer feel it, you'll know, like, I'm not going to fake being attracted to you or like, fake want to be with you. I just say it as it is. And um, it's just like push pull dynamic because my moods just switch like that. I don't know. It is what it is. I hate I hate that phrase because that's what Trump said. It is what it is. But it is what it is. In AA, there's a there's a prayer called the serenity prayer. And I was really just thinking about one line that says, give me the courage to change the things I can. And my therapist talked about being brave today. And I do want to give myself credit for honestly just wanting to get better. This is, this is like, like, I know it sounds so stupid because it's essentially me being like the hardest thing I've ever had to do is stop talking to boys. But it's, it's so much bigger than that, so much deeper than that, you know. It goes down to this underlying belief that I've had all my life that I wasn't going to be whole unless I was with somebody and that somebody wasn't just a person that had to be someone who rescued me from this emotional void that I feel in my heart ever since I was a, I was a toddler and no one's gonna do that like no one is gonna rescue me you know no one's gonna set me free like I'm my own worst enemy and if I learn to love myself and I can be my greatest lover and it's just I recognize that I see that and now it's just making strides to have that become my reality and 
I like I just need to be solely focused on that and trying to be involved with somebody else is gonna it's gonna mess that up and I just don't have I just don't have it in me to go through another it's not even a breakup it's just another fling or whatever I just don't have it in me I can't do it anymore I can't I can't like meet somebody off Tinder and do the whole like fucking dance. And it's the same. It's a formula. I have gotten the formula down, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do it. And, and I just, yeah, there's no other options. So that's why we're here. That's why you surrender. You don't surrender because you have other options. You surrender because that's the only option and addiction is supposed to be recovery is supposed to be hard nothing easy comes or nothing worth having comes easy and thank you for listening to me